afternoon, everyone. Uh, welcome to uh, our last career webinar of the season. Uh, before we start, I would like to remind you that you can watch all our previous sessions on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can find conversations with BlackRock, PwC, and many others. Uh, you can also find the conversation with today's guests uh, during our job fair in March. I also would like to uh, remind you that uh, on our official website in the career section, you can submit your information, uh, a short CV, which we will gladly share with our members. We also have open vacancies that you can check and apply for. Uh, so today uh, we are very lucky to have four guests. Uh, they're all young and absolutely spectacular. Uh, we have William uh, Britton, who joined me today uh, in the studio. Uh, and uh, William will moderate uh, this uh, session today because he wrote an article for our PE Inside Out magazine about uh, 12 hints for a successful career. We are also joined by Jeffrey Colbert from Eldinger Horst Prussen uh, uh, and Manon Aubry, uh, who's also the co-chair of our private equity for women club from RSM and uh, Laurent Hengel from Ilavska Villermoz Capital. So uh, welcome everyone. Uh, I would encourage you to make a short introduction of, of yourself uh, so people uh, know you better before uh, we can engage into the actual conversation. William, let's start with you. Thank you, Natalia. I'm William. I'm Business Development Director for Okurion. I've been working in Luxembourg for the past 10 years, setting up in investment funds for for asset managers across all asset classes. Um, started in a supporting role, uh, but always client facing. And uh, now I'm in charge of finding new business and developing the business for Korea in, um, in Luxembourg. Thanks, thanks for having me. Uh, so my name is uh, Jeffrey Colbert. I'm a partner at Alvinos Person uh, in the alternative funds team, uh, part of our global investment management team. And um, like uh, William, I've been uh, working for a bit more than 10 years now, uh, and I'm focusing mostly on setting up uh, investment fund structures in the alternative assets um, area. I also advise clients if clients for investments into investment funds, so on the investor side and investment manager side, and uh, generally everything which relates to legal advice on, on, on the fund side. I am working at RSM, uh, at RSM since uh, almost seven years. Uh, I'm manager, uh, part of the alternative investment funds. I am heading the transfer agent and central administration team. And I'm also co-chairing the group Private Equity for Women, uh, which counts uh, around 100 members at the LPEA. My name is Laurent, I'm Luxembourgish, um, and I uh, started at the age of 24 in uh, the finance industry in Luxembourg, um, in the fund servicing business back then. Um, then I um, founded my own uh, private equity company last year, and this year we started our own um, fund. We, um, uh, I'm now 31, um, we uh, invest mainly in venture capital, later stage venture capital growth um, in financial technology and also uh, insurance technology. Before we start, I just want to remind you that uh, the best thing of this webinar is that you can ask your own questions. So whenever you have questions, please put, uh, put it in the Q&A section so uh, I can address them to our uh, panelists. So William, let's dive into it. Do it. <laughs> Last time we discussed uh, how to start your career in private equity, let's say in a broader sense, investment funds, we discussed a few aspects to take into consideration, which we today will recap, but not um, spend too much time on it, because uh, a lot of the articles also is how to excel in your career and how to um, move up the ladder quickly, I want to say. Of course, if you want to start your career, you have to find a way in. And um, how do you find your first job in the industry? How do you get your foot in the door? Uh, this is the first question I would like to direct to Jeffrey. I think it's fair to say that when you, when you start your academic career, you're not quite sure what private equity, real estate investment fund business is all about. And so at the beginning, you might be struggling a bit to, to find a way in because you're actually not familiar with the, the topic itself. And so I think it really helps to, to create a kind of interest in, in a certain uh, area of expertise that that kind of entices you. There is a multitude of information available online, um, YouTube, LPA, etc. So you have the source um, at your disposal, and you can get information out of there. And I think that's important just to get a bit familiar with what you're looking for, 
and uh, uh, what what is it all about? And then the second, I think the second step is then to get to know the market you're in. So in Luxembourg, I think it's quite it's quite an easy access to everything which relates to investment funds due to our very prominent position, uh, not only in Europe, but, but on, a, on a worldwide basis. And it's quite easy to access people that are working in the industry. I think today we have the enormous privilege of um, having events that are started by uh, not only professionals, such as uh, and including the LPA, but also from an academic perspective, like the University of Luxembourg is doing quite a lot of forums. Yes, there, there are certain networking events that are open to the public. So, so every, everything, I think, ties in with an ecosystem that allows you to get or to gather more information. And then I think from there on, it's very important to get to know people in the field that you're, um, that you're interested to, to work in and taking private equity as an example. You can... Uh, easily select, I think, firms that you would like to apply for an internship to see what's it all about, what's the the day-to-day business, uh, what's the working culture, how are the people, and and get you know kind of first contacts that allow you later on to to find your way in, if I can say. Um, well, I agree, of course, um, but in your case it was a bit different because you're a lawyer uh, or you studied law, so it was working in law. Uh, so, for example, um, no, I am. Um, um, I studied economics, and uh, next to my studied, I, um, studies, I worked as a wine salesman, and I knew that I could sell, and I wanted to work in finance somehow, so I, apply, I applied for uh, around 85, 85 companies in Luxembourg, every company that had to do something with uh, funds or in finance, and that were looking for some kind of business development manager, and uh, at the end of the day, well, two, two um, companies replied, it was more like a code call thing. Uh, what you have to do as a salesman often. I started one company at the age of 24, which was quite young uh, back then, but it gave me a good, uh, let's say, uh, intro into the fund industry because you cannot uh, actually study investment funds. I mean, the the basics uh, like investment management, yes, but how how to set up a fund with all those uh, new regulations coming uh, every few months uh, is quite difficult. And then what the company did, they said, okay, well, you can sell, but you don't know anything about funds or finance. So um, they said, okay, it's more... Um, it's easier. You have a guy with soft skills and uh, teach him the technical stuff than a technical guy uh, teaching uh, how to small talk and how to speak to people and shake hands. So what they then did, um, they sent me to different uh, courses of some law firms and also the typical big four uh, conferences and so on and so forth. So to get a bit of an, an overview of the market, but also of the what is what are funds uh, and such. But if you would have to Give, give some advice to the people watching. One, the following point, follow-up point is be prepared. Um, Jeffrey spoke last time about uh, having a coherent CV, um, but also pursuing internships and trainings as much as possible. Of course, you two have a very different career path, I want to say. Start with a traditional one, the, with the academic track, university, but um, a university degree doesn't really prepare you, or a law degree doesn't really prepare you for a career in finance or investment funds. Um, Jeffrey, how was it for you when you um, set, set yourself on track towards being an investment fund lawyer? So first of all, I always wanted to become a business lawyer or a lawyer specialized in financial services and uh, dealing with you know, commercial matters because initially our career track is actually based on that of a typical attorney for smaller clients. So there's no real um, difference uh, in terms of the academic uh, uh, track. Uh, and it's only at a very well master stage or even postgraduate where you can apply then for courses that that really are of interest to you and perhaps more sp- specific to the to the work you you want to well the the the, the area you want to work in later on. Um, I think uh, so. For for me, it was from the beginning clear that I wanted to um, really work in a big law firm with these type of international business clients. And I did every summer break, uh, I did internships at different law firms, uh, but also at, at clients, uh, banks, etc. Not only Luxembourg, but for me it was also Dubai, for instance. I've done an internship in Dubai, or even two internships, because I wanted to get to know Islamic finance as well. And so you, you really need to kind of see for yourself what kind of 
area you, you have an interest in because sometimes it looks good on paper, but then the day-to-day -day is completely different. Um, and so I actually started my career uh, following an internship where I got uh, an offer, which was here at uh, Clifford Chance in Luxembourg. And I was initially working in the banking and finance industry, uh, which dealt a lot with uh, financing, so cross-border financing, guarantee security packages, etc. And I kind of discovered investment funds and private equity through my financing background because I was uh, involved in a couple of deals that had fund financing um, uh, elements to it. And uh, I found that the fund side was interesting as well. And so that kind of, you know, triggered my interest to, to actually make a move and to, uh, and, and then to start in, in another firm uh, at the investment funds, uh, in the investment funds department. So that's also where you see that even if initially you take perhaps a slightly different route, and that's perhaps also what happened uh, to, to Laurent, but sometimes you're, you're, with time, you see what kind of interests you more and then you can slightly adjust your career track and uh, uh, accordingly. So I think what's really important is to, to really love what you're doing on a daily basis and you, you can only know what it's about when you're actually confronted to, to it, yeah. Uh, William, if I can add just to this, um, you just said um, that a coherent um, CV is important or is some, something that is important. I, I do not fully agree um, because uh, what I like to see also when people apply for our company um, is um, I always like to see if somebody is um, finished school and then took a break, for example, was fed up uh, with everything and worked as a painter in uh, Spain for a year or whatever. And uh, then decided, okay, to come back because I think this outside of the box mentality is quite, uh, quite interesting. I mean, I would never hire a person that has just seen one thing and was working on one thing only. And I always like to, uh, to see when people did something else and uh, did something said, okay, well, I did not have any money, but uh, I worked in Bulgaria uh, for the Red Cross or whatever, you know, we've seen a lot of those things. And then somehow uh, had an interest in the, in, in the investment business and have their track record. But it also depends on really the position. For example, our investment um, analysts that we, we hire, uh, they have to have, of course, uh, some, uh, some studies in, they have to have the basics in corporate finance uh, and M&A and so on. But I like to have a little, you know, I took a break for uh, one year. I, was, I wanted to do something else. And then, you know, because that's, uh, it gives a hint for a complex uh, brain and that's what we need we, because we need to have people that think a bit outside of the box. I agree Laurent and a year abroad is always a chance to grow to gain life experience which is very important um, later on when applying for a job that you have the persona and and um, not just seen you know school and university and um, and show up for a job but you don't know what life is about at the end um, but it has to be a little of both I'm sure during um, internships in the summer break abroad, you have similar experiences, although of course you're there to work mainly, then you still have the weekends or after work if you're lucky enough that you can travel around and see the countries uh, you're, you're visiting. Um, I think it, the combination of both is something that will really give you a chance to grow um, either during or before or after your academic um, path or the time spent at university. Me personally, I always encourage people um, if they have the chance to do a semester abroad or do another Erasmus or something uh, to take to seize that opportunity because once you start your professional career it's very rare to find the time uh, to spend some time abroad you might be lucky to uh, to um, be sent to an, a different office abroad I think Jeffrey you did the same thing was it in in Hong Kong right you have to utilize when you have the chance later on when you're working full-time it's unlikely you will it will find the time to to go abroad again but let's say you've either set your academic track early on, did internships and, and focused on, on your studies, or you just decided I have to evaluate and want to follow my strengths. I want to pursue a career in, in finance. And when you're at that position, you, to find the way in, you, you check industry associations and, um, and career sections like the LPA section or Luxembourg for finance. And then you find something, you find the vacancy that sounds just like you or something you would like to do. What are, what are the next steps? How, how was it for you, Manon, to bring you into the conversation? For me, it was a, a bit uh, a chance because I uh, joined RSM uh, as an intern uh, and I tried the audit uh, department. 
And finally, probably a few months after uh, spending time in the audit department, I just knew that he wasn't done for me. <laughs> I was not a good leader. And I uh, believed that he was not uh, my, my thing, but uh, I wanted to explore more. Um, I discussed with the partners, they discussed with me, and they said, well, she has uh, quite a great experience. She, has, she loves uh, marketing, she loves uh, low regulatory, et cetera. So maybe we can uh, ask her to, to discover the other departments. And I joined the compliance department at the very beginning. So I discovered the AML KYC word, which is uh, the sexiest word in, <laughs> in Luxembourg. Um, but it allowed me to learn a lot in the structuration of the software fees, of phones, uh, GPs, etc. And then I, I wanted to turn more on the, the front office because I was a back office uh, for the compliance, of course. And I wanted to, to go front office and to discuss with the clients. Uh, so I went uh, to the PSF and uh, I wanted to join the, the front admin team and to develop more of the team and to discover. And well, audit uh, finally uh, touched me a lot, uh, a lot uh, because the, um, the, I learned uh, the accounting side, uh, reviewing the accounts, but compliance as well. Uh, it helped me a lot because we need the AML, KYC side on a daily ba uh, basis. And my personality uh, helped me also to, to gain the, the, the client trust. So for me, it was a little bit uh, of a mix. Uh, I explore uh, different uh, services and I guess I found my uh, services now, but uh, it might evolve during the career. With one company then, um, I just wanted to, uh, to um, say something. So I, I calculated this morning at how many company I worked until now now so even this the, the the internships you do in school you know so i was in a school that where you had to have to like a, a two-week internship or three-week internship and so in total i worked at 17 companies <laughs> so i can't get it all of them. so you have to do this it's quite fun but just uh, i started at the age of 15 uh with that includes all the internships that i've done so it really was everything i nearly did everything i didn't i don't know if you guys counted once but it's quite interesting to do that leads up to the point um we spoke about earlier is gaining life experience. I remember reading um, an article about what everyone, every professional should have done uh, in his career or leading up to it would be work and service, you know, wait tables, focuses attention um, and, and attention for detail, um, making clients happy essentially because it, it, it's a theme that plays a long role in, in our industry especially. Um, so that all leads up to, to your career path, to, your stud, um, to the university you want to attend. But uh, I don't want to dig in too much in, uh, in that early on in your career path. Um, I want to really focus more on um, how to start off, but also how to excel in, in the career. So doing different internships during your university or after university, and I think all these uh, different paths will get you where you want at the end. Before you convinced the people to take you on as intern or later on as, as junior or um, as, as now team leader, what, what tips would you just give very let's do a very brief round you would give someone to prepare for his interview so the theme here is be prepared but what does that mean um, when you're facing an interview for an interview well i guess you should be uh, prepared you should be uh, you should know your the employer uh, you should uh, also be confident you know who you are and you should demonstrate it to the, to, the, to the employer. For me, curiosity is very, very uh, important. It's key. Uh, it also, um, curiosity will lead you uh, to, to different uh, aspects uh, in your career. Uh, for example, when you apply to a job, um, I would recommend to uh, have a look on the website, uh, to see how it works in the company, uh, how is the values, the corporate values, etc. Um, and, and probably to be interested in different fields, uh, accounting, tax, regulatory, sales, marketing, uh, back to front office. It's very important to understand the, the company you, you would like to apply. And, and then if you show interest, then you will receive the interest from the employer. And you have to demonstrate that you are capable uh, to bring something to the company. It's not because you are young that you cannot contribute. It's very important to, to be confident and to to know it before you go to an interview. Uh, why do people employ you? That's the, that's the main thing. Um, because uh, from, uh, um, I have one uh, guy I'm working with, uh, he is um, 81 years old, 
very successful career. And he always says to me, Laurent, I need your energy and you need my brains. Okay, that's, that's the agreement that we have. Why do people know you, uh, want you? I mean, you have to grow within the company, of course. You have to learn stuff, but also you have to work. You know, there's stuff to do. That's why they pay you uh, in general uh, to, to, to do stuff. Uh, but uh, you can also bring some experience, but you, 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 you gain the experience uh, during, uh, during the work. So, but you, if it's now a very, very entry-level job, I think it's nowadays um, the market is a bit crazy, also because of globalization, because you can get people from anywhere in the world that people expect already from you. <laughs> At the age of 21, you have a six years working experience, uh, which is absolutely nonsense, of course. Um, so in our case, it's a lot about um, if you enter in a, as an intern um, or a junior, it's more about also the spirit. Okay, what is, uh, are you nice? Okay, so that kind of stuff, uh, which is more important because at the end of the day, um, uh, the tools to work, you learn at the job, you don't need to bring as an entry level. The basics have to be there. And I do agree because um, when you are an intern or junior, you will not probably bring uh, technical uh, uh, assets to the company. But the junior people, most of the time, has energy, uh, imagination. They can think about the process. Uh, uh, they can also um, contribute to the social uh, integrity of the company. Uh, think another way around uh, to rethink about the processes, the procedures, and probably bring a fresh, uh, fresh touch to, to the company. That's very true. So essentially be yourself, right? You can't live anybody else's life. Don't try to form yourself to, to appear differently. Um, what Laurent said last time that it's very important for people to fit in in a small company, to be cool enough, I want to say. Um, one tip also, dress for the job you want, right? Uh, in venture capital, that would mean don't wear a tie, Laurent, am I right? For, for, I, so uh, I, I like also to do it the other way around. So I'm one of the very, very few venture capital investors that actually like to wear a suit and tie. And when I worked in the fund, uh, the most serious asset uh, management business with all the large investment managers, I like to use uh, or to wear uh, stuff like this so to be to look a bit different than the usual. It's not what you wear, it's how you wear it. I, would say. I like That's that. That's cool. <laughs> we'll, we'll on that, Laurent, thank you. One, one main point, understand the value chain. You know, what keeps on the lights and understand the perspectives and drivers of the company. On the north were different internships from the back mid to front office. Uh, how is it for how's it for you, Laurent, when you just started? If you are business in business development, I mean, um, you are responsible to bring clients in. And then basically internally you fight then with the compliance department. Manon, you can maybe uh, <laughs> agree with You can you. be both. I'm the, I'm yeah. the proof. <laughs> at the end of the day, who's paying the compliance department is the client that the business development brings in. So I think that uh, people need to be aware of this uh, also in the, in the back office in the future. Compliance is important. Regulation is uh, very important. But the value chain of the, of the business, I mean, depends on. There are so many different businesses in, 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 in the fund industry or in finance in Luxembourg. The, the main role of Luxembourg companies is to, is compliance, like you said. Um, it's regulatory driven, driven by law and by directives. Um, by CSSF circulars, but with all this administration going on and, and being sure to see or doing what, what's right in front of you, the companies in Luxembourg often forget what keeps on the lights. You know, it's the, it's the clients' tra transactions, it's getting the investors onboarded and happy and uh, the clients happy, making sure that the assets come in, uh, that, the, you know, that the money comes in so you can actually have billable hours or, or you know, um, bill your invoices uh, to make sure the company makes the company you're working for is making money. But if you, if you don't have that folks, you don't understand what actually the company does at the end um, because often people are, are, don't see the whole value chain, but they're just specialists in this small part of the value chain. They don't understand what happens left and right of them. They only focus on what they know, but that doesn't lead to the overall goal. People have to understand what is the goal of, of a company um, and who are the clients who pay them? I, I think I, so I fully agree with, uh, with you, William. And 
I think one of the advantages for us, at least um, in the in the, the fund management, um, is that uh, you can see the full spectrum of activities from the beginning of the fundraising process uh, through the uh, investment period and and fi finally the liquidation phase. So you 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 get to see the whole value chain, and I think it, it it's really important for people to understand that they're not just helping in drafting corporate resolutions, but behind all of this, there are actual transactions that are um, you know, uh, dealing with financings to SMEs that are in need of, of that financing. And so the, it's always important to know what you're working on and what's the, what's the outcome of it. It's not just the fact that you're working on a specific document, but the, the actual value chain behind uh, is important and you need to, to keep that broader spectrum in, in mind when you're working um, on perhaps isolated tasks some, uh, somehow um, that, that could be, you know, that, that might not be always uh, very realistic to or something to grasp actually because you're, you're not seeing what's, what's going on behind the, the curtain. Um, so that's one thing. I, I also just wanted to uh, come back to your first point on regulation. I think uh, you're right, and I also agree with Laurent. We we need to keep, you know, the the, the client the client is king, and um, we we need to make sure that every onboarding experience uh, works uh, efficiently and smoothly and in the best interest of the client. Um, but I would separate it from the whole bunch of regulations because if we if we're very honest with ourselves, regulation has always has always created opportunities, and I think it's fair to say that Luxembourg has immensely benefited from AFMD, lately SFDR. Um, so regulations that people might initially think, well, that's going to put another area of complex regulation on top of, of it and make everything more, um, you know, increase the administrative burden, etc. But in the end, it turns out that now, for instance, ESG funds, this is something that's really thriving. Uh, it's a, a thriving business. And so I think there's not, we shouldn't forget the opportunities behind those regulations. There's always, you know, upside, downside, but I, I think it's a, a two-sided benefit. It's a great point, Jeffrey. Thanks for that. Um, but that also only comes if you understand the value chain and if you continue to sharpen your profile, which is another point. Um, Laurent, you mentioned earlier to understand what funds are. There's no course at a university unless you, I think, apply for the LPA Academy soon. <laughs> there might be a course looking to, going to industry associations, Law firms especially have, um, have their own academies, teach you all about fund structuring, um, but also about um, new regulation and the opportunities behind that. I can just encourage anyone to, um, to join these groups. Um, for example, the uh, AIF Club uh, of EY, which is a great gathering for people, and also just to, to exchange ideas, but to have, um, to have insights by uh, guest speakers who will, who will always give you a different perspective, different view be it back then on, on Brexit or on, on new regulation. You just said it's not possible really to study. And, oh, I said that, sorry. Um, and th that will change uh, also in the future because um, I'm now, um, the, the, the University of Luxembourg reached out to me and I'm giving a course in September, uh, how to set up a fund and what kind of different uh, funds there are in the uh, investment management um, course of the Department of Finance. So I think it, it is always, I mean, the basics are basically all, all, all the same. Um, what other different uh, regulations are coming? That is something you do in the course of, uh, of, of your work anyhow. So this is the, the thing uh, that I think it's important that we also from the industry give insight uh, with the students on how that business um, works. And also from a Luxembourg uh, economic point of view, what tremendous uh, money is flowing into the Luxembourg government through to our work that we do. And we, there, we um, compared to um, other businesses, we get rather, let's say, less exposure in the society, unfortunately. But um, so that is also quite an interesting um, part uh, that people should know. When you score your, your first job and you're working, um, that you don't just think, okay, this is all I need to know the, from A to Z, uh, my day-to-day -day job, but actually have be intrinsically motivated um, or have intrinsic motivation to to gain more knowledge, to gain more experience, right? You only get that uh, when you exchange ideas, when you when you um, attend these kind of, of courses, for example, that can be uh, and that can also demonstrate to your employer or your future employer uh, how 
how much effort you put into getting ahead because when you work from when you work a full-time job and then still attend a course in the evening or on the weekends uh, that really demonstrates how how motivated you are and um, how how um, quickly you want to get ahead William just I just wanted to add uh, give a little tip um, there are of course some brochures of the LPA Alfi Luxembourg for finance and Chamber of Commerce on investment funds but if you want to dig deeper and I don't want to you know advertise any big four here but you all know probably the Ernst and Young uh, investment fund uh, Bible you know everybody's nodding but it's something that people that are listening now to um, um, I would suggest download it uh, you get it for free you can even order it at, at, uh, in, in a hard copy it's a, such a thick book uh, home and then read uh, the um, the sections about AFM, SIF, RIFE, and then you have already a pre and distribution and something like that. And then you have a really good overview on the technical part of um, of uh, investment funds in Luxembourg. So it's the EY investment fund, um, whatever. I call it Bible. We all call it Bible in, in, <laughs> uh, in finance here in Luxembourg. Um, so I would suggest uh, that. You'll find it on... On their homepage, and I could I couldn't agree more. Each junior colleague um, that joined, it was something here. Read this first, you know, and then you should see their face because it's a really thick, uh, well, package of lit literature about investment funds and and regulation in Luxembourg. One of my first internships in a, in a law office uh, when I was 16, he said, "We don't have to know everything. We have to just know where to look it up." And that's one of those examples um, where the big four and all law firms really um, provide a whole lot of. Uh, insights and um, and thought pieces and uh, just summaries of fund structures um, where you can look it up each time and even today sometimes I still have to look up the details for a specific case when a client comes across and asks me uh, but I need a solution for this. Find a mentor and be a mentor, right? Finding a mentor is rare, uh, someone senior who, who um, can share their experience, someone who actually cares um, and will support you getting ahead is even rarer. Me personally, I benefited greatly from, from a mentor early on in my career who set me on my path, but I will share more about that later. Uh, Manon, would you care to share your insights and your, your thoughts on mentoring? You probably do not realize uh, when you start your career how important it is uh, to have a mentor. Um, you, have to need, uh, you have to find someone who believes in you, as you said, who cares about you, really, and we will give you um, objective advice because in your career, sometimes you will have to make some choice. Uh, you have to uh, move from a company to another and you are probably wondering if you are taking the good decision and you need to ask someone, but you will not ask to your parents because they do not know the industry. Your friends will probably not be 100% objectives. You need to have someone who will give you real tips and to uh, help you to take good decisions. It might be someone who is senior, as you said, because uh, it should you should be inspired by, by this person. Otherwise, it will not match. Um, from my side, I, I've met uh, many people who inspired me, but I uh, met uh, two um, uh, women uh, in my career, one from uh, RSM, who um, always uh, supported me uh, in all uh, the decisions I, I have uh, took, um, during, uh, I've taken during the, my, my career at RSM, but also when I wanted to join the LPEA, for example, and I also uh, met uh, Raja a few years ago already, who um, encouraged me to, to, to contribute more to the community in the Luxembourg, in the LPEA, and he helped me a lot during my, my career, and especially now. I feel a little bit uh, uh, relief uh, since I have someone who watch my back. Important is, if you have a mentor, he will help you to evaluate your path, to reevaluate, I want to say, each year if you're still in the right direction, if, you're still, if your heart is still into it, if it's still um, the path you want to pursue. So at the time, she asked me, where do you see yourself in three years, in five years, or in ten? <laughs> and my honest response was, I don't even know what I want for lunch today. <laughs> so uh, when you're so busy and so focused on what's in front of you in the day-to-day -day work, sometimes you, you forget to um, look at the, the long-term projection of, of, um, of your career. So you won't stay at one company forever. Um, you won't stick in that same role forever, you want know to say. So uh, really reevaluate re where you want to go and what you 
um, what your goal is after all. So that, that really helped me when she told me about her, um, about her career path, when she said, okay, I was an analyst first. I then, um, so from back office to mid office to front office, right? First analyst and then um, being the, the smart cookie during sales pitches um, up to uh, a, a client facing or commercial role, which she said will prep me for a C-level position um, where, she wants to, where she wants to be after you know, three or five years in each um, of those positions she, that came previously. Unfortunately, I had no, not much um, mentorship from uh, my, my, my family, or fortunately, I mean, they work for the government, so they couldn't have given me um, much uh, insight on what's going on uh, outside. Uh, in the world. And so um, I was pretty lucky that um, I had an, 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 a mentor, an, uh, an Irish guy called Barry Black, uh, basically um, had a lot of uh, experience. He used to work for JP Morgan and uh, downsized a bit after a while. You want to become more quiet. But <clears throat> my first job was at a company. We had an office of, of 20, 30 people, but he managed the company like it was like 10,000 people. So we had like uh, very clear processes and uh, that was my first corporate um, corporate job where I really had to learn. He gave me a, some great tools, some great basics, um, also how to write a proper business English email. You know, the, the, those are the small things that uh, that uh, that um, that were important. And also in the meetings when and I just forgot and I spoke too much, uh, he always stopped me then, saying, uh, "In the interest of time, uh, let's continue with." So it was really, really structured. That helped me a lot. And then after, after I went to the next company, I did not find a mentor there, unfortunately, um, because uh, it is always, I always uh, found it important to work for people that are better than you. And so I had to leave the company after two years. Yeah, and then found my own company, or started my own company, but also found very good business partners on the side that we established, where we established a very long lasting um, relationship. I, I think I would echo uh, what my co-panelists have uh, just uh, explained. Perhaps I could add that um, when you're not finding the right mentor or a mentor at all, it's, it's not an issue for you to nonetheless progress your career because in, in, some, in some cases there, there won't be a perfect match and you might not be able to find the right mentor at the right time. But that's not an issue. Um, I think, alternatively, there are quite a lot of books and documents on progressing your career, dealing with, you know, management, uh, dealing with negotiation, dealing with any kind of, you know, skills that a mentor might be teaching you um, in order to progress. So it's it's not an issue if you don't have a mentor, just to to for that to be said, um, because you can also actively um you know uh, develop your skills uh individually without having a mentor yeah but for me it's very important to be uh, inspired and to spot the right things on people you need yeah. to learn from them when you start you, you need to to learn from everyone you need to listen and to take time it's uh, it's very important uh, when we are young we tend to forget it <laughs> honestly i can say it uh, now i'm I coming a little bit older, so it's <laughs> it's bad, getting better and better. But um, but uh, yeah, it's very important. If you don't find one or well, one particular person, that's not an issue. Um, but you should definitely speak to people and to sure, just sure. let yourself and have people you look up to and uh, that have kind of a role model. But I think for me, when, when, when talking about the mentor, for me, it's an active role that the mentor is actually mentoring you uh, and you're in a special relationship with that person, um, which is different, I think, from people that inspire you, which could also be, I don't know, people from, uh, you know, CEOs from big companies that you're, you're, you're looking up to. And uh, so I think it's slightly different because... Uh, because you have a, an, I think, a different relationship with a mentor. Um, and so in my case, uh, I think I had several mentors over the life of my career, uh, but I've never had that one mentor just individually. So I was always being in, in mentoring relationships with different people on different topics, because not every mentor has all the skills uh, you need to progress and so you need to also to kind of pick and choose your the, the, the right mentors for the right skills you have positive and negative role models and you have people who are 
not so inspiring, but you have to work for, you have to deal with them. Pick and choose what you want to learn from them. They are positive and negative examples. You learn how, not, how you don't want to do it or how you shouldn't do it. Plus you learn of how to improve and how to get ahead. Uh, either way, um, be, just be sure to, to, even if you have a negative experience with someone, be sure to not, um, you know, not accept failure, but actually you, utilize it and grow from that experience and, and move ahead. Uh, so last year, I uh, met with the founder of a startup um, that uh, he sold for um, two billion uh, US dollars at the age of 27. And we met at the Ritz in, in London. Um, and he had a t-shirt on saying, very big, make mistakes fast. Okay, that's what it said. They didn't let him in into the Ritz because they had to wear a tie. But at the, at the central story is that that is important. I mean, if you don't have a mentor in the beginning, just try, try, try. Always uh, push and make the mistakes in the beginning. I made so many mistakes. Uh, I'm, I lost so much money. Uh, and uh, so um, in the beginning of my career, I liked literally everything. Uh, but then you have to keep on um, working and pushing and then you really learn from the mistakes. I mean, somebody who doesn't uh, make any mistakes uh, is not successful, that's, that's for sure. Exactly. That brings me to attitude, mindset and ambition. Right. Having a positive attitude and being adaptable, being self-motivated and being motivated to grow and learn are key values employers look for. And we've, we've heard from Laurent earlier uh, what he looks for in a CV. Um, of course, it's always different in, in depending on what role you're applying for. Uh, but, you know, stay co confident and open-minded, which I mentioned earlier, when if, even if you have negative experiences. But how does that play into, into your personal experience and also... Um, in the in the interviews you're having today, if you want to want to hire junior staff, attitude is very important uh, at the very beginning when you start in a in a company and uh, all during all your career because uh, what you shows uh, are reflected on on the, the team uh, work uh, on your colleagues uh, and it's very important and sometimes the first impression even if it is the wrong one matters so it's very important to 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 stick to your inner you to your inner values but to show that you're confident who you are who you are um who you are on a daily basis and what you can bring to the to the company and to your colleagues it's very important for me to to have a positive attitude and to learn from your mistakes as you said but uh, also to keep calm take time i know it's difficult when you're young but it's very important trust me <laughs> At the end of the day, it is just a job, okay? So unless uh, you work uh, as a doctor or something like that uh, in an airplane or in a helicopter, but at the end of the day, it's just a job. So make your mistakes. It is not as important as you think. Um, <laughs> uh, it is just what you make. Of. I think if you're relaxed and you're happy and you have a job, where you would like to, so for example, I, and this sounds of course horrible for people that work in a corporate career. So I really love what I do. So every morning I cannot wait to finally start working. I also um, don't understand why people uh, do not work on Saturdays or Sundays because I love to do stuff or do some research on the business that we are doing. So if you find something uh, that is uh, truly fun, then, uh, then uh, that, I mean, everybody, uh, that's, that's the dream of everybody. But I can only say that uh, chase the dream and, uh, and, uh, and live it also uh, when you found it. If, it's, if it really fulfills you and if you really love what you do, then you don't need to work a single day in your life. That's how you say it. Find balance and perform self-care, which would mean find a job you enjoy. And at this part, it is emphasized on enjoy. If you're fortunate enough to be like Laurent and love what you do, you're very fortunate, you're blessed. Remember... Every job will have inconveniences. It, can, it, won't, it won't be the dream job or not forever at least. You'll, you'll quickly come to see that it's just another company with the same mistakes or the same errors that other companies make. Um, but that doesn't have to be all negative, but you can find something to improve and, and leave your mark on. Um, but also what leading up um, from earlier, remember that the job doesn't give your life meaning. You leave it, you leave the job at the door, you come home, and it shouldn't necessarily um, take in all the free time you have when you're not working. You know, travel, meet friends, especially in finance, we're here for a reason because um, either we really like what we do, you want to not starve. <laughs> and uh, it gives, finance gives 
people opportunity that come from very little, I want to say. And if you really put the work in, you can excel quite quickly. Like you said, to shatter the illusion you might have now, you have to put the work in. Yeah, long hours, high pressure, tough deadlines. They're all common companions when you work in private equity or in investment funds. And you will need to grind. Yeah, you will need to really put the work in. I said it, in, I quoted uh, ACDC, and it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. There's always somebody better than you. Just don't forget. That only means you have to work harder than those around you and say yes to things that scare you. Because if you just say, oh, no, I don't think I can do that, or um, you're afraid of a task, and then uh, the, the mindset, you sabotage yourself. Be sure that you can, uh, that it's a challenge. Everything is a challenge, but only if you master those challenges, you grow and you get ahead but also set realistic goals and realistic deadlines um, because you tend to be under pressure. Don't crack under the pressure, but learn to deal with it, how to manage it. Like I said earlier, perform self-care and find balance in what you do. And perhaps another tip, trust yourself. Work will help you, of course. You will uh, gain knowledge, but trust yourself. This is the main asset you will bring to a company. Is yourself, is your personality. So just... Think about you, trust yourself, and bring something positive uh, to, to the company. Remember who you are and if you are there, because there is a reason. And you, you, you are not here just for showing up something. You are here to bring something, and we, we trust you. The company trusts you, so believe in yourself. It's very important to, to, to think about it when you start your career, especially when you're a young woman and you work in the main industry, as today uh, I'm... Uh, um, I'm with a panelist, a men's panelist uh, today. So it's very important to, to be confident uh, during your career, especially when you, when you start. And I would maybe add, you, you have to know yourself because coming back to what, what William uh, said early on, um, how to excel, I think, I think in any given activity or industry or field, whatever the, the actual, um, yes, whatever the actual area you're in, um, you need to have at least three, I would, yeah, I would say three, two characteristics out of three, either you're, so at best you have the three of them, but you need to have two, which is being smart, being nice, or putting in the hard work. And so you need to know yourself to determine, you know, ideally, if you have the three, you'll excel, it's a matter of time. And if not, you'll have to balance out or, and know yourself to, to make sure that you catch two of the three. It's a question for you, Laurent. Uh, um, Irene uh, lost the name of your Bible. So what was the name of the book? I will, uh, I will tell Irene, of course, in private as well, because Irene will also start with our company um, uh, sometime. Um, maybe you can remember some mistakes that you made. Honestly, I do a mistake per day, <laughs> to be honest. Um, well, uh, fortunately, I did uh, some mistakes, uh, but I learned from them. Um, if I wouldn't, I would not be a good manager. And I still hope that I will become better and better on a daily basis. But I do uh, some mistakes. Um, still today, I have to manage more my feelings. I have to manage more um, my opinions <laughs> sometimes. Uh, it's very difficult, but uh, I try to to learn from them and it's very important i'm a completely different person uh, since uh since the seven years i, I work uh, here at Luxem in luxembourg time help uh, helps you that's uh, for sure but uh, mistakes i cannot spot one uh, in particular uh, in particular but i i do it sometimes that's that's okay uh, you have to forgive yourself as well don't be afraid but to make mistakes um, but I think to summarize what you said is lead by example and inspire others. So, um, you know, you can't have a zero mistake culture because people will be afraid to actually do something. Um, you have to have safeguards to avoid mistakes, um, of course, but uh, if you don't try, you'll never, you'll never reach the goal. For more experienced hire, how important are the language requirements? Uh, take it, take I'm happy to take this uh, as a Luxembourger. Mano, how is your Luxembourgish? <laughs> um, not so well. Okay, so um, no, what we can say definitely, and I think we all agree, um, and also so uh, why uh, this is being done in English. I think working in finance, English is the main language. 
um, you don't need any other language, uh, at least um, if you work in the business and such. French is a big help. Um, I would love to say something different, but you do not need to speak Luxembourgish in Luxembourg, um, unless you want to become a Luxembourger, which I highly suggest. And um, yeah, but in general, I think even in this panel, it's, uh, it's only Jeffrey and me that we speak Luxembourgish and it's everything in English. But uh, I also encourage uh, people in Luxembourg to follow, for example, I take a dance class uh, in, uh, in Luxembourg school, uh, well-known Luxembourg school uh, for older Luxembourgish people. Um, uh, and just trying to, to speak with your colleagues in, uh, in Luxembourgish is very, very important uh, to learn more um, languages. But there is no special requirements on the languages except for, uh, for example, if you want uh, to be uh, a private banker working in a Nordic uh, bank, of course, you will have to probably speak Swedish <laughs> or something like this. So. Well, languages are an advantage, of course. Um, I, I find very admirable to be fluent and be able to have conversations in, in other languages. Um, but Manuel's point, speaking your client's language is definitely an uh, advantage and, and useful. Um, but speaking, I want to say the, the house language um, to see, is it a French company? Is it a German company? Uh, everybody would tell you, no, we're an international organization. But if, I don't know, 80, 90% of the staff is German or French, then you will not come so far in the coffee corner or in the, in the break room um, if you don't speak the local language. Yeah. Also, I think Jeffrey, uh, in, in, in terms of his job, if you want to be registered uh, at the uh, Luxembourg bar, I mean, you have a list number four for all the uh, outside of Luxembourg and number one. But in general, if you work as a lawyer, I think it's, uh, you need to speak French. Because Jeffrey, maybe you can say Oh, something. Laurent, you know more on the formalities yeah. than I do. Yeah, wow. I pay, I pay lawyers. I'm very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, that's right. I think, but there has been some, some changes lately on on the whole pro process, so it's it's not. I think that the language barriers are um, are not really uh, are not really comparable to to those that have been in place when I started my career, where you actually needed to be able to um, uh, to 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 speak German or, or Luxembourgish um, at least a couple of words uh, because you had to do private clients as well, what was the so-called carnet de stage, where you had to do a couple of um, uh, litigation matters uh, where usually your clients uh, were, were, were not able to perhaps speak English uh, because they were more, more older uh, Luxembourgish uh, people. Right. Or, um, so English is mandatory, just to say it, I guess. Yeah, I think there's no way around it. But then on other languages, it's definitely an add-on and uh, something that is valued, especially as, as you said, with different clients from different geographical areas, it, it really makes sense to onboard that language as well. Uh, but uh, generally, I have the impression over the last five years now, if you're uh, in Luxembourg City, I think English has become the main language spoken out there and uh, it's it's really international. So I think yeah, it's, it's not an issue at all. So I would like to thank everyone for uh, attending today, for sharing uh, your insights. Thank you very much.